All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Outskirts Overland. Today I got a few things. I got a few things lined up for us to uh, to go over. So we'll be we'll be starting off with a few awesome things. Um, a couple little things first. I mean, th freaking psych to be on my third week, keeping it consistent, getting things going, and really happy to have you all here. It's really greatly appreciated. Um, I took the chat out for the first 30 minutes or so in order to be able to kind of, kind of, kind of get along with what I'm trying to get going as well as not distract myself from, from the topics I'm trying to cover in the first half hour or so here. So I will still interact with you guys. It just won't be visible to you guys um, if it pertains to what I'm talking about. So first things first, as people start rolling in here um and, and they are rolling in at the moment so let's uh let's wait for a few more people and uh go from there i got my drink of choice tonight is the purple haze bang i uh i have absolutely i've absolutely um you know abandoned my monster tonight for purple haze take it how you want it so Awesome. So what I'm talking about, first things first, is uh, today I wanted to go into, you know, not only just not only just my reasoning for starting into overlanding or doing overlanding or continuing it or spending my money on it. Um, I also want to talk about you guys. So I want to kind of give my mindset on why, like, why are you doing overlanding? Like what, how I see it. Um and, and just the why around what I'm doing. So I, I want to start with, you know, why for me, like why for me has changed. And I think that's fine for everybody if it does change, but why for me has changed because, you know, at, at first when I was younger and single and just looking, you know, it was a way in which to get me to cooler rocks to Boulder. Um, but in the sense of, as times went on, I have kids, I have a little, you know, I'm, I have a little more money, you know, like when you're kind of broke working, you know, when I was in the military, super broke, got out of the military, I managed a GNC, you know, dating myself there. I managed a GNC and then, uh, and then I opened up my own gym. So that's, that's kind of the progression that I made. So went from like real broke military GNCs kind of, you know, it's a job. It did okay, but I didn't have a lot of money. So why I did it initially was to get, it was a means in which to get to cooler places. So like it was, it was very helpful for me to, it was very helpful for me to get to places I wanted to explore. And I was far more fit than I am now and much more interested in, you know, the on foot exploration. You know, I, I'm not going to say that to say I parked I parked my truck at trailheads and went on hikes. I still was into like going back, you know, but I did not have a considerable lift on my truck. I didn't have, I did have a rear locker in my Dakota. Um, I don't even have one of those now, but I did have a rear locker. I did have 33s. You know, I had whatever Goodyear Duratrax at the time, you know, 2006, there wasn't this wide variety of things and 33s are freaking huge at the time. But nothing crazy, just a puck lift. And it just helped me get places, you know, as time has progressed, 
you know, overlanding isn't necessarily the taxi that gets me to the place. The, the overlanding itself is the place. So I'm really, in, I'm really now enjoying a lot of the, of, of the going, you know? So I, I'm really enjoying a lot of, of, of just going like the, I, I don't know who said it. It was, it was a YouTuber or it was a podcast. I, I think it might be Scott Brady. And if you guys don't know who Scott Brady is, he is in a lot of ways, uh, kind of the, uh, kind of the godfather of overland travel. And he runs expedition portal, which is a huge like forum, probably the only place there was to, to get things going. So, so I, uh, I really like Scott Brady. You should look him up if you guys are interested. He just went through Africa in a new Enios Grenadier. If you guys never even heard of the Enios Grenadier, super freaking cool car. Um, literally a car brand and a car model for overlanding. It's just an overlanding vehicle. Um, it has a BMW drivetrain. Super cool thing. Anyways, so it's turned more into the thing that I – the thing that I – love to do is adventure in the vehicle, which is overlanding. I mean, in my opinion. So I really like to do a little bit, a little bit more in the vehicle, out of the vehicle, more dependent on the vehicle. The vehicle's the base. I'm no longer driving to this gnarly place, packing up my tent and everything in my backpack to go out in the backcountry to hike or boulder or climb and then stay out there a couple of days to come back to get off this epic trail on the mountain or whatever. I mean, I'm doing it all in the truck. The truck's my backpack, which is sick and so freaking cool. Like I have a truck that I could have never imagined um, owning or backing or building or doing. I mean, I have so much cool stuff. Um, and that that's really, that brings me to my next point. That's really just through the persistence of doing it, like just doing it for so long. Um, you really, you really learn to like save and invest in the things you want. So that's that that's that's really why I like it because it's just adventure. It's in nature. I like that I can get out. You know, I don't want to be in a place where everybody can get to. I don't want to be in a place where a Toyota Camry can get to. When and 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 a lot of people talk about Colorado and we just did Colorado last year for multiple days. We did the whole thing, camped free the whole time, went through the stresses of it, finding spots, not finding spots. So, so really, really was, was living it. I don't think Colorado is a great, in this opinion, like I said, this is going to be my opinion. I don't think Colorado is a great place for um, people to gauge overlanding off of because it's so popular. And actually it's none of the wheeling I did there was super difficult. And when I talk overlanding, like you can go do Ophir Pass, you can go do, you know, Black Bear Pass, but those are just trails. Like it's a start and an end. You're not camping up there. So what I like to do is go on a trail and camp and, and experience the stars and the moon and the sunset. Watch the rain coming in off the mountains is one of my favorite things, like watching the clouds roll in, or you can see it or you can see it raining on the other side of the mountain and you're dry and it's super freaking sick. It's awesome. The echoes in the valleys and stuff. And that's awesome. 
It, it really is. And, and I think the mountains are a great place to travel. Like they're a great place to go. They're a great place to experience. The mountains are awesome. But as far as just like overlanding, getting away from people, being more secluded, further in the backcountry, everyone in Colorado is in the backcountry. Like legit, like legitimate. Like I could never be in Colorado, and maybe I'm completely wrong on this, in a place, in a place that I could do like AMSR. Like, because there's going to be people. Like, there's always people driving up the roads and stuff, even as secluded as God. So, Overlanding to me is very much like getting away, not on a trailhead, not in a very highly touristed place. Um, I see Gallant down there. He said, Idaho, the Sawtooth Mountains are a huge one for me. I'd love to elk hunt up there. It's extremely treacherous. And because of that, people don't go. But absolutely, Idaho is very, very high on my list. Idaho has a BDR as well. Seems freaking awesome. I would love to do the Idaho BDR. And that's overlanding to me, you know? Although those trails started off for specifically for bikes, you know, adventure motorcycles, but those BDR trails, you can camp along them. I'm not much for the, for the, the wheeling, you know, I'm not a, I guess I heard the term recently rocklander. Like I don't want to go on a trail that I can't camp on. You know, I don't want to go on a trail that I can't camp on. I want to camp off the trail always. I don't want to do this circle back to a, a, a base camp, which which when we, there will be a time where I get in a conversation with one of my friends here about that exact topic, base camping, rooftop tents, mobile, et cetera. So we will talk about that, but I'm not going to get into that. So that, that also leads me into what I choose for overlanding. And, and this is just me. So I'll touch on what might be you. So just for me, what I choose for overlanding is function-based, hundred percent function-based. I think my truck looks sick but I also have everything in my truck as a function. I don't have much, I don't, I might have a few things, right? Don't get me wrong. At some point I'll, I'll, I'll touch on that, but I don't have much that's not functional. I have some really cool stuff, but literally everything in my truck has a function, whether it's the winch, the lights, like everything's got a function. Like I don't have excessive things. And I think there's a use case for some of the flashy stuff, if you, if, if you do things a certain way. And I also think it's cool for the people that, that pick products based on how they look like, that's not what I do, but that's me. Like, that's me. That's why I'm here. And that's why I want to cultivate this community. Cause that is just me. Like I, I look a lot at warranties and load ratings and pole ratings. And if it's, if it's certified crash, which most none of the bumpers are, um, unless you look at, uh, AEV who outfits the prospector XL and stuff. They do a lot of OEM stuff, but that's, that's big money stuff. In my opinion, that's big money stuff at once again, but everything I pick and I do is for the, uh, everything I, I do is for the reason of making it a better experience for me. I'm also not roughing it anymore. I mean, I don't have a zero breeze in the summer, but I do have a diesel heater and a lot of means to stay warm, you know, many means. I got a deck system, so I carry a lot of stuff, pots, pans, spatulas, impact wrench. I mean, blankets, it's all, I, I mean, I carry it all and, and, and I will really get into that, but what I pick is based on function. So why I do it is because I use the truck as my adventure vehicle. 
Like it's my adventure vehicle, expedition vehicle, overland vehicle, whatever, doomsday vehicle, prep vehicle, whatever you want to call it. But the truck is the, the focal point now of my travel, essentially. Experiencing the cool things is the effect, you know, the effect, the reward of having that truck that'll get me there. But I really, I, I really do things that way. Now, I'm going to open it up to you guys. Like, why do you do it? Not right now, but like, why do you do it? When I get, when I get past into the, into the, the side of things where I'm talking, asking you guys questions, like, why do you guys do it? What's your methodology? Like I'm Mr. Function and I, I, I want to be in the truck, you know, I'm, I don't want to base camp. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to hike and, and backpack camp, you know, I don't want to do those things. And that's why I do it. I like to adventure in the truck and go places where people aren't. I and, and and that's why even trying Colorado, I was like, eh, I even actually liked those arcs better than Colorado because you can get away and see all kinds of cool stuff, not epic views like Colorado. Like if anybody on here, if anybody on here like is a big photographer, I mean, dude, sick views, sick freaking views from the red dirt areas down south in the southwest to the freaking mountains. But man, it is, it's sick views. If you want to make content or whatever, it's awesome. So, which leads me to my next point in Colorado, in Colorado, I was, I had uh, a couple of things that, that kind of, that kind of hooked, that, that kind of impeded me while I was in, uh, in Colorado. I ended up in some situations where it was like so packed. Like the further you went up the trail, wasn't available to camp. You couldn't camp in town anywhere other than a hotel or an Airbnb. So we ended up camping on a trailhead and around people, naturally, a couple van life people and a, a, a couple other like overland type people. But that brings me to my next point. And that's places that you can, excuse me, places that you can that you can stay on the road if you're not GPS and map fluid. So like places that you can always stop. And the, and the reason I bring this up is there are going to be instances if you start traveling long distances, you know, like I, I myself don't have any um, national, like real big national forest, public land, BLM land, any sanctuaries in which are in my backyard. So I'm, I, I use the term I'm, I'm five hours from anywhere. I got that from, from another guy. So I can't say I, I created it, but I'm five hours from anywhere period. So I always have to drive. So the reason that these places to stay overnight are good, like they might make you, if you're new to this hobby, feel a little more safe to, to kind of, kind of go. Like if, if you can, if you can play in your trip and have a, have an end point to your adventure, but it's a long distance, these are places that you can stay overnight for free and, and they'll work for you. And I'm probably going to provoke a couple new ideas that you guys didn't have. Like, I think everybody thinks Walmart, you know, like Walmart, I'm going to go to Walmart. Well, Walmart is big in the RV community, but Walmart isn't Walmart's just not the end all be all. Okay. Like not all Walmarts let you be there. And every freaking buddy knows Walmart will let you stay there. So you got truckers, RVers, homeless folks, you got a lot of stuff. Okay. So Walmart is, is one of the options for sure, but Walmart's not the only option. Okay. So I want to kind of touch on a couple other places, you know, Cracker Barrel will let you stay there. Um, Cracker Barrel is actually extremely overnight parking friendly and it's right by a food place. 
it's you you got bathrooms in there and they're going to be privy to letting you use those things so cracker barrels that probably probably the best one i've found out about in the most recent time and, and there's a couple other straight bangers on this list but cracker barrel is awesome so cracker barrel is an awesome one um again walmart everybody's going to walmart but take notes here cracker barrel Okay, Cabela's got bought out by Bass Pro Shops, but Cabela's and Bass Pro Shops will let you stay overnight. Cabela's stores before Bass Pro Shops bought them also had dump stations and public public dumpsters. I think they have gotten rid of the dump stations, but again, I don't that doesn't matter to me, but for some people watching it might. Like I think you can overland in a larger rig with plumbing. I think that's very doable and I think even a lot of people are heading that route with like truck campers and things. So, but they used to also have free dumpsters that you could throw your trash in, which is super nice um, and not feel bad about it. Cause I know all of us at some point in time, you know, guys, if you haven't done it, you you're lying to me. I've went to a gas station and kind of like peeked over the thing and been like, yeah, that shit's open and chuck your fucking shit in there. <laughs> you know, you're like, I'm doing it. We're doing it. So, but Cabela's and Bass Pro will let you do it. Okay. So you don't have to have the, the, the kind of the guilty conscience. Okay. Next home Depot, Lowe's and Menards, all huge parking lots. They will let you stay overnight and don't get me wrong. My buddy, Johnny just stayed at a place, pop out your rooftop tent, you know, freaking, sh if you, you know, run what you brung, show them what you got. Don't be hesitant to pop out your rooftop tent and Menards. Like for sure, dude, like just do what you do. Secondly, there's a couple options here that are not, they're free and they're not free. So they're free and they're not free. Like, so like anytime fitness, planet fitness, they'll let you stay there, but they also have shower amenities, but you can get a national membership for like a little bit more than your regular membership. And it's a nationwide brand. So like, I look at these when I first started, um, I lived in a, I pulled a, I had a trailer and when I first started overlanding as well, I never went to any time fitness to work out. Like I said earlier, I owned a gym. I had my own gym, but I had a nationwide anytime fitness membership because at the time that was the only thing you could do, but you could stay overnight there, use their Wi-Fi, shower, bathroom. Sometimes they got like energy drinks and food, like just think about it, guys. Like, I'm not saying that you need to get a gym membership, but you could a lot of times at your Anytime Fitness Planet Fitness, if you get a day pass, they'll let you have the 24 hours. Because if the, you know what I mean? Like, they'll let you have that full 24 hours for whatever, 10 bucks or whatever. So I put it at the bottom of my list because it is not free per se. But as I t go into my next ones, they're free to. They're free to stay at, but showers cost money. They have shower amenities, but they cost money. And they're kind of expensive if you guys didn't know that. So I, I put it in the middle because it's one that I really like because it's not well known that you could stay there. It's not, it's not a good place for RVers, buses, and semis, but it's a great place if you're an overlander. It's a fantastic place because it's a much smaller parking lot and you could fit your, your forerunner, Jeep, whatever. Even if you had a trailer, like there's going to be room for you there to sleep, stealth camp, if that's what you do. So that's all sick. Now that's, that leads me to my next, 
um, is your pilots, flying J's, travel centers, truck stops. Now, those places are very available to you. Those places are extremely available to you to use to stay overnight. And they're truck stops, and I I have a preference. Um, my girlfriend knows, like, if there's a Loves, we're stopping out of Loves. If you if you need an extra blanket or you need something, like, they have a lot of amenities. They have a lot of 12-volt stuff, phone chargers. Like, Loves is where I want to go. That's my preference, Loves. I, I travel many times from California, Northern and Southern California, Missouri, and only stopped at Loves. You know, I'm, I'm bought in on Loves. But if you guys didn't know, a shower, so you can buy showers. You can buy showers or a package of showers. But a shower to truck stops anywhere between 15 to 22 bucks. One shower. And you got to wait in line, take a number. It's a whole ordeal. If you've never done it, it's a thing. So truck stops, free to stay at. Showers are super expensive, which is why I will take a step back and go, hey, that Anytime Fitness, I, I lived by Anytime Fitness when I was just in California. You know, I, I, and when I'd get to Missouri, I'd use it too sometimes. I never used it on the road, actually, but you could. You, absolutely, you, you for sure could. And all of these gyms, Planet Fitness, Anytime Fitness, they're going to have an app where you can search near me from where you are. Turn your location on. So I really, really like those places. So those are the places that you can be. Now, there are some secondaries. Camping World and RV dealerships will sometimes allow you to stay there as they're advocates of the hobby. Now, they're not necessarily advocates of overlanding, but Camping World sells rooftop tents online. So it is worth a shot. You know, you're, you're much more likely to get a yes from, you know, Camping World or an RV center than you are from Starbucks, you know, like, so just again, situational awareness with that, with that included. So, and then secondly, there's, there's your grocery stores, like some grocery stores depend, dependent, you should go in and ask like if they're okay with it, but like your natural grocery stores are, are pretty open to a nomadic life and letting you camp there. And again, we're, you know, I'm focused on overlanding, but that includes van life, et cetera, right? Like car camping, whatever, if you're sleeping in your car. So a lot of like your um, sprouts, whole foods, um, natural grocers, maybe even Trader Joe's, they, they're going to, I guarantee they're a little more supportive than, you know, Hy-Vee, Safeway, Schnucks, anything like that. Kroger, I'm probably not as likely. I mean, you can go to Walmart and be around everybody though too. So that's an option. So those are all free places you can go to camp. And hopefully you guys got a lot of great ideas there. Um, I mean, in my mind, you know, I'm always going to give my opinion, you know, hit Cracker Barrel because you can get breakfast cheap and outside of your car. Like, that's awesome. Or anytime fitness, whatever. I, I, those are my picks. Just in and loves is there, but not necessarily my my pick. So Cracker Barrel and anytime fitness. Now, on to the next subject I have, which the subjects are going to roll here on the bottom. And you, so you guys will see what I got. So I've got, secondly, that ties right into places where you can go walk your dog for free inside. So say you're in a situation, you know, and this applies to the previous statement where you've got your dog with you, you're getting a service done on your vehicle, or you have inclement weather. 
Um, it's raining, it's snowing, it's icy, your car's broke, your car's getting serviced, oil change, tires, whatever, got towed. There's places you can go for free to walk your dog inside that don't mind that you do it. Now, there's a lot of places that are dog friendly, but they, they sometimes, depending on the location, they will frown upon it. I have two places that'll let you go, no matter what, you have to ask, you should go to customer service and ask, but Lowe's and Home Depot will let you just go inside and walk your dog, be inside with your dog. There's no time limit on that outside of their hours. So, so you can go walk your dog inside, get your steps in, get your dog, you know, get your dog their daily exercise if that it need be so that they're not wound up once you get your car back because you potentially, if you needed that, you were in a stressful situation. So, and I have a dog, he's here somewhere. I, I'll bring him on here in a second if he'll come, but I have a dog and that's good stuff to, to pay attention to is where you can take your dog for free to walk them because you might have, you might be in a sit, you know, you, you never know what situation you're going to be in to where the advice I just gave you is useful, but I can think of many, many ways. Come here, Marvin. Come here, buddy. So my dog is Marvin. Come here, bud. Uh, he doesn't want to see you guys. Come here, buddy. Come here, bud. Come on. Come on. Come here. So, guys, this is Marvin. <laughs> He's my Aussie doodle, fancy doggy. But Marvin, when I previously did a lot of fitness stuff, I had Marvin had quite a few friends. Marvin had some fans. So this is Marvin. He's an Aussie doodle, fancy guy. He comes with us sometimes. He loves the truck, you know. And uh, so it's good to know where you can take your your designer dog to, to walk. So that, having a place to walk your dog in a stressful situation, you can definitely, um, you can definitely use those places. Now, lastly, what I'm going to talk about is, and I get this a lot, actually, what's on my radar.
Awesome. I should be back now. Everybody can hear me now. My wireless headset did not like screen share for some reason. So sorry about that, guys. Yeah. And and Johnny said, uh, <laughs> Johnny's a quick break from our sponsors, Ladina's Sourdough. Ladina makes all my sourdough. It's delicious. And, you know, we're probably going to end up with chickens and goats and all kinds of shit. Here we go. So whatever. <laughs> Welcome to my life. You know, you get into overlanding, you build a sick truck. And next thing you know, you got fucking raised beds everywhere and goats and chickens. And I'm going to have who fucking knows what I'm going to have. It's just it's going to get wild. So anyways, I'm going to try and screen share again to you guys. See if I can keep you guys on with me here. And here we go. OK, so I've got Miso Customs lights here, and these are the lights for the third gen Tacoma. Um, and they change between white and red. So that's something that's really high on my radar. They're actually super expensive, dude. Like they're super expensive. But why I like them is because I can then switch between red light and white light. And red light to me, I, I'm a big red light, red light guy. So I want to put, I want something where I can click it and it replaces, it replaces the entire fixture to where you can go, you know, from red light to white light in order to um, keep bugs down and stuff. So I really like it. I, I might even just get the full red light ones. That's an option. You can get all white, you can get all red. And then you're not dealing with the bulbs, which are a huge pain in the ass to install on these things. So I really like these because you can switch between white and red. I may actually, for the people that go out with me, you know, I may actually just get the all red ones and live with it. I, I think for me, even the reason I like them even further is the brand's awesome. The warranty is awesome. The customer service is awesome. They've been around a long time. Miso Customs has been around a long time. And it, you can even see on the page I have up. They've, they've got a ton of products. I'm not sponsored by anybody. I'm going to spend my real ass money on this. Um, but that red light keeps everything down. But I tend to think, okay, that if I'm getting a kid in and out of my truck and the light is red, I might be less likely to wake them up if they're asleep. And that guy, ladies and gentlemen, is huge. That's freaking huge for me. So those are the Miso Custom dome lights. They switch between white and white and everything, white and red, uh, or you can get solid colors, but that's one of the products I'm looking at. So I'm going to exit that bad boy. And then I'm going to bring you guys on to another product that I'm looking at that I actually, that I actually just bought. Um, so let me go ahead and get it going. Do you guys still have me? It's going to do this every time. everybody still with me? Okay. So we're going to go ahead and I'm going to show you a sleeping bag. So this is the Xped Mega Duo 25, 25 degree and 40 degree sleeping bag. Now I'm going to explain why it's 25 degrees and 40 degrees. And this is super sick. And I have been, there's a use case for this. So I actually have a Kelty double wide and it's a Kelty is a sleeping bag company, tent company that I'm actually really loyal with. I have a Kelty love seat. That's a, that's a big chair. My kids all have Kelty bags, but quite frankly, I, I switch tents and I have a hard shell that folds out. And so when I fold it back in and close it, that sleeping bag flat out is just too big. And, and I, it just was making my tent a little more of a pain in the ass to, to, to put up. So I went to this, I, I bought this 
Exped Mega Sleep Duo yesterday. I was shopping and I and I'll go on and on and on about REI points, but I had like $110 of REI points. So by no means, guys, I'm not rich, but if you stay buying stuff at REI, you get points back. So again, I always look at REI. If REI has it, that's good stuff. I saved like I think I talked about it on the first podcast. I got a 75 liter Domatic dual zone for $780 because of REI points that I had saved and they let me do it. That's a $1,300 fridge. So I'm always about looking for the sale. And if I can't find the sale, it's a good excuse to buy all my bottles and whatever. I buy all my backpacking meals there, the freeze dried meals. You gain points off of it. So REI, a huge, huge advocate of REI. So anyways, this sleeping bag, the double wide I had, the Kelty double wide was not only thick, it was huge. It weighed 11 pounds. So packed. It's like, I mean, this shit's like this big, like it's huge, dude. So I was like, man, I got to find something that's lighter. This sleeping bag weighs four pounds, four freaking pounds. And then Ladina, my girlfriend, back to the chickens and the sourdough and natural shit. It's made, it's, it's, it's chemical free products. So nothing, nothing in this is, it has any chemicals to it. So it's a lot safe, better for your skin. If you're sensitive skinned or whatever, um, that will matter to some people, but, um, I, I could really give a shit less. The four pounds matters to me. Also, if you look at this one, it's actually a rectangle and I have one, the one we have now kind of domes. It's like not, it's not two single mummies, but it's like one big one. And I feel that I I'm five foot seven or eight but my feet are at the end of the bag because i have to pull so much of it out to put my pillow on it otherwise it's like yeah that that just that sucks so so this bag is legit four pounds and the reason it's a 25 and a 45 and and people that have looked at two person you can unzip it and turn it into two separate bags but that's not why it's a 25 and a 45 so the way this bag is designed is it flips over. So you can flip this bag over and there's two different weights depending on the side. So this dark blue side, if that's up and the light blue side is down, it's a 25 degree bag. If you flip it over to the blue side down and the light blue side up, it's a 40 degree bag. So you have a little bit of availability to switch that up through the seasons. Now, I am a big fan of Exped. I have an Exped mat. Um, again, I got it at REI. It is sick. I love it. It's fantastic. The quality on it's awesome. Again, warranty, quality, customer service, been around a long time. It matters to me a lot. But again, I bought it at REI. The Exped sleep mat is probably, I don't even know, 300 bucks. I paid, I did not pay 300 bucks for it. I don't remember what I paid for it. But also remember, you know, for your, for your Christmas, for your Christmases, like, my mom and dad give gift cards. Like everybody does gift cards when you're old, like get all, get a bunch of REI ones and you can like legit get some cool stuff. Um, so that's, that's another thing I went for now I've got, and I've got two more products I'm going to show you guys. So I'm going a little over on time. So that's the, that's the second one. Third, I went with here. Am I still with you guys? Okay. Third, I've got, I've got a knife and I'm a big knife guy. You guys will, so I, I like sharing this kind of stuff with you guys because I am such a big knife guy. So let me let me get it to where it's sharing with you in a screen that you can see it. Okay, okie dokie, here we go. 
Let's send it. All right. Third product, freaking Gerber Mini Cleaver. So this impulse buy, okay, guys? I see. Does it have a use? I mean, cut meat, cut boxes. I mean, what? I mean, okay, I'll find a use for it because it's fucking sick. This thing is tiny. So I will, not only will I show you there, but I'll show you here. I already have it. This thing is tiny. It's freaking sick. Dude, this thing is the the shit. Um, and here's a little, it's got a little clip in it. The case has like a little clip. This thing's tight, dude. I, it, a little expensive for what it is, full tang. I don't know if you guys can see the tang goes all the way through. What the tang is, is like the blade material on into it. This thing's freaking sick. I saw it on YouTube and I was like, I gotta have it. I gotta have it. Which, well, also I'm not going to bring this up, but if you got a Toyota and you don't have this sticker, like, what the fuck are you doing? You need this sticker, Ninja Turtles for life. Anyways, anyways, so that cleaver's sick. That was on my radar. I just bought it. Um, I would say impulse, but like I saw it on YouTube. I was like, I need that. Amazon bought it before he was done talking about it. I was like, I need it. I need that. Um, it's sick. Love it. So it was definitely something that was on my radar. Now, now third, third or fourth, fourth product. So I, I'm done with that. Like I really have no reason. It's a knife. It's a Gerber. It, I mean, I have other Gerber knives that I use to baton wood and stuff. Um, they're quality products, but I love that squared off blade, like to open, open in food, open in, I mean, it's just great. Like, I love it. It's fantastic. So the next thing and last thing I got that's on my radar, another thing, this is another thing I bought already. Um, and it is the Ultimate 9 throttle controller. So this is Ultimate 9, and I'm not going to uh, – I'll screw – you can – so Ultimate 9 makes throttle controllers. If you guys ever see my truck, it has an extremely large Australian – it has an extremely large Australian uh, influence. Ultimate 9 started off in Australia. It's now come to the U.S., and it's a throttle controller. Now, my truck is also tuned, so I was like, I don't need a throttle controller. Do I need a throttle controller? So. So I, I was like, man, I, I need a, I want to look at it. I contacted them. I have spoken with them. I did not get my throttle controller for free, but I will tell you guys, they made it a good deal for me. They were great people. They're in Texas now. You know, I was like, my email signature says that I'm a U.S. Marine and stuff like that. So they were like, hey, thanks for your thanks for your service. You know, here's a discount like for you. Um, I will, if anybody wants to DM me, I literally have, a, I'll pass that disco, discount code on to you if this is something you're interested in. So what a, what it is, it's an adjustable throttle controller with like eco mode, ultimate mode, and it has nine settings. And it also has a smart mode that learns. But so my truck is tuned and I have a Tacoma. And if you're not familiar with Tacomas or Toyotas in general, um, they are, they they gear hunt real bad. Well, what this does is it it's it it doesn't plug into your it doesn't plug into your um, ECU. It plugs into the literal gas pedal input, and so you can make your gas pedal more sensitive, or actually you can even dull it down further. So for me, I liked it because my truck is 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 losing its mind going up hills you know, downshifting and upshifting. And this will keep it locked in a gear better because not only do I have it tuned and I have a transmission tune, 
now, now I've got the appropriate throttle input to keep it locked in that gear. So that'll help. I think it, had I, had I known how effective these things were, I would have done this before the tune, which was real expensive. So super great product. Love it. Um, added it to my truck with a tune. Really like it. If you have a four wheel drive and you find yourself in a situation where you're in four low and your throttle's real lungy, you can turn this down and dampen that actually. So I really wanted it for that aspect as well. So you could kind of slow the throttle response down that the gears are kind of putting in play in four wheel low first gear. So that's the last product I was looking at. Super great product. If you think your truck or car or whatever sluggish, these things don't cost, they're far, they're less, they're less than $200 by a lot. So it's also not an expensive thing. Ultimate nine. I think it's a great product. Um, and I, it's in my truck right now and I don't have the Bluetooth one, but some of you guys will be interested in a Bluetooth one. And I, I, I don't know if it's under $200. Mine's wired. All right, cool. So those are the products I'm looking at. So now I went, I went through it a bunch. So now I'm going to go ahead and, and get you guys situated here so we can, uh, so we can get you guys going. So I'm going to go ahead and get the chat up on the screen and you guys up on the screen with me here. And so, yeah, Tyson, you brought up the pedal commander. It's literally three times more than that ultimate nine, three to 300% more money. And that's no shit. That's real, real life. So not something that I'm, uh, that I'm interested in to try it out. You know what I mean? So I've got the chat up. I want to go back to the chat here. Yeah, and you can re-gear, but see, the thing is, so Gallant said I re-geared. Gallant has a GX470. It's pretty, it's, it's nice. Um, I actually just met him this week and saw pictures of his rig, and it's super sick. Um, I like the GX470. Um, unpopular take. I like the 470 better than the 460, the newer 460. Um, so I it's awesome rig. I'm really, really digging it. Um, but yeah, you can re-gear, but the thing about the throttle controller is even when you re-gear, well, now you've got an even larger ratio, like, like a reduction ratio in four low. And that would let you, and that would let you, um, dampen that throttle. So it's not so responsive too. So you could kind of crawl a little easier. And that's the point of it. Like this was developed, it's for a lot of cars, but it started off, um, as a product widely used by the the huge Australian off-road channel, four-wheel drive, 24-7. If you guys aren't following, you'll love them. You should. I love them. Like, love, love, love them. Um, and it started there. So it's a. It's not only is it a, a throttle controller, it's developed. It's developed based on four-wheeling. So awesome product. But yeah, you you could re-gear. Re and, and thank you, Justin, for letting me know that you're, what your name is on here. I really appreciate that. Um, but I freaking, man, you guys are doing it. Um, yeah, they have, um, I'm, I'm going through the chat, so bear with me here. Um, I, I am going to Tyson asked a question and I am about it. People are here for Marvin. I love it. Marvin's the best. I'll bring on Marvin every week, but it's going to be like an Easter egg. You guys are never going to know when, so you got to watch all the whole time. Diabolical. Um, anyways, so, um, as I look down here, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's, 
Who's wanting what for their birthday? I want to I want to get in on that. Who wants what for their birthday here? Allie's commenting. I'm not sure that Allie is Allie on here, though. Maybe she is. I don't know. Um. Anyways, I'll, I'll get on it. Yeah. Thank you, Gallant. You watch four-wheel drive 24-7. Love it. They have a section called off-grid where they, you know, in Australia, they call them caravans, but they pull an off-road trailer. I freaking love it. Would love to go to Australia. That's a... Um, I have a hard on for Australian four wheel drive culture. Um, anyways, so one of my friends, um, and I don't want to throw them under the bus here. So one of my friends went out this weekend and they were on some loose gravel or steep hills. And he, uh, he was, he, he was in the group, um, in, in the chats up. So he, he'll tell you if he wants to, but he had his truck in a situation where it needed to be in four wheel drive, but he had it in a four wheel high. Um, and then his high transmission light triggered, um, in order for your high transmission light to trigger on a Toyota, um, it has to be like 320 plus degrees for that light to come on. But the reason I bring that up is that doesn't happen in four low. Um, so this is a philosophy that I have and many other four wheel folks have, but four high is not something I ever use on the trail ever. Um, uh, and, and, and vent venture Arkansas, I will get to you in a second, um, about the air compressor. So just pause on that. So I, uh, I never use four high Four high to me is in a slick situation on road, like for ice for ice. For ice is what I use four wheel high for period on the trail. It's two wheel drive or it's four wheel drive select a gear first. Like I'm in first gear for, or excuse me, first gear four low, not four high. So I'm either in two wheel drive four low first gear because you don't want to go too fast in four low and first gear. If you can, if you have the ability to lock it in first gear, like keep it there or you have a stick. That's where I'm at. Four high caused his transmission to go, you know, in excess of 350 degrees. I have a scan gauge too in my truck, which allows me to have a bunch of gauges on my dash and you plug it into the, the computer. But anyways, my trans temp never goes over 220. So it, 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 it stressed the transmission by, by far and large, much, much worse. And I would even venture to guess like if his trans, so it, this comes back to my car knowledge, but if his trans pan was, was 350 degrees, I guarantee his converter was screaming. His torque converter was, was, and again, I'm not saying this to freak him out. Like we've already talked to him about the preventive maintenance he should do. And now he knows. But guys, I'm not the guy here that's going to judge you for that kind of stuff. I'm here to say these things that I'm saying now because like some some stuff you're just going to have to learn. Um, his transmission didn't go out by any means. The light went on. He changed it to four low. It cooled back down. The light went off like not the end of the world, guys. But like you got to do stuff to learn about stuff. And that's just the way it is. So Venture Arkansas asked what air compressor I use. Now, this is something that I've bought three or four of. So I started off. So what do what recommend? What do I recommend? I'll just start there. I have an ARB twin, hard mounted in my truck. Period. I have an ARB twin. Um, it's under the hood. 
I have an ARB twin. I started with a Vier single. Then I went to a bigger single. And then I went to the ARB twin. I got sick of pulling the damn compressor out of the truck. Um, airing up and airing down. And my girlfriend, Ladina, will tell you is just the fact that it just goes faster. Make Airing down and airing up, like if you really are adventuring, can kind of take away from the trip. Because it's like, oh, I'm excited. You know, we're going up the mountain. You know, oh, wait, 15. I got to get all shit out and whatever. So, like, yeah, I'm not about it. Um, so, I got the ARB twin, not only because it's just a straight beast. It's fast. Like, it's super fast. Um, so, it, it helps me to not not be taken away so much from my from the adventure. Like, whether you're coming down and you want to go check out the street fair or some shops, like, you're not airing up slow. You're not. So, I also have an Indeflate 4 um, to deflate. But have... I do also have, you know, the, the valve stem puller, but I have also been looking at, and I didn't put it on my things that are on my radar because I'm not looking that hard, but apex makes these valves quick air down valves. And I've been looking at those as well as the straw on, um, the ones you just screw on and set to attempt, um, because airing down is, 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 is sucks too. Like, Again, I've been doing this a very long time. So some of those things, like to you guys, even if they're novel, like you might actually enjoy it. Like I was, I was like, I'm airing down. I'm fucking cool. Like we're going to go, well, do some crazy shit, mud bogging, whatever. Like I thought it was fun at first, but now I'm just like, bro, like, like, do they make Bluetooth deflators? Like, come on, man. Like I am, I'm getting sick of it. So, and everything's a freaking octopus in the, in the freaking airing up and airing down world. And it just annoys the shit out of me. So I have an Airbnb twin for that. Um, Tyson said, don't waste money. Um, you know, he's essentially saying buy once, cry once. I'm going to be real honest with you guys. If, if I had more patience for it, the last air compressor I had would be like, would be fine. I mean, did it work? Yeah. I, I pick, I pick and choose, you know, like what I want. And I looked, so Tyson, Tyson just brought up, the uh, Morflate, and I looked at the Morflate, and Morflate is a fantastic brand. And I bought a friend of mine for Christmas uh, last year, or the year before, a Morflate uh, two tire thing, and he has an ARB, but I got him a two tire one. Um, and I bought the Morflate. I actually didn't buy my Endoflate, but I mean, X Overland uses it, so it's obviously freaking you know clout chasing. But I have an Endoflate four. Um, but anyways, I didn't pay for it, but. Morflate is a fantastic brand, and I think it's one you guys should support. They support the Overland community immensely. Um, my friend just said um, that his Land Cruiser, Land Cruisers of Arkansas, is is sponsored by Morflate. My buddy Benji, um, I'll give him a shout out. Newfound Overland is his new project. Um, Morflate's a, su a supporter of him. They've, you know, I've bought stuff from them. I've spent money with them. I think they're great. They make a compressor where you can set the pressure on it. Toyota Land Cruiser Association. I'm sorry, Jay. I'm sorry about that. I won't do that again. But Toyota Land Cruisers Association is has support for Morflate. Um, so I, I like brands that are giving back too. And and I've known them to give away a lot of stuff on behalf of other influencers for their fans. So I don't even know that these influencers have their stuff. But I know they are providing them for giveaway stuff. And I like that too. Like... I'm a big, I'm a big fan of, of giving back. So I really like that, that they do that. 
but anyways, they got a compressor that it, but you can't hard mount it. And this is where I get like, I'm just that guy. Um, you can't hard mount it. So you got to carry it. Well, you got to freaking put it somewhere. Well, if you're airing up and airing down a lot, like what, how do you prioritize what's closest available? Like, you know what I mean? Like now I got to rearrange my whole truck. Like I, when I did it, I always wanted my compressor in the back. Cause I was like, it, it doesn't matter. But like, it got to the point where I was climbing so far in the back of the truck. I was like, Jesus. So again, if you don't air up and air down much, this is irrelevant, but having a, a, a compressor hard mounted and there's many brands that make duels now. And the Morflate does shut off on its own. Um, you can get an attachment for the ARB for it to shut off on its own. I also don't care what the Morflate tells me my tires are at because I'm OCD. I want to know what my Toyota tells me my tires are at. So that's just me. Um, but again, the Morflate's a great product. I'm not going to knock it. It doesn't, you can't mount it in your truck though. Like you can't hard mount it. I mean, I, again, somebody somewhere is doing it. it it's not easy to do. I'm not trying to freaking, I, I mean, I'm not here to tell you guys what you can and can't do, but I am here to tell you that I am so sick of building my damn truck that it is, wasn't on my radar to figure out how to, to mount some other shit. Like I just got the thing that mounts that everybody uses and talks about and it's great. And that's what I got and moved on, got a mount relocated my chuck, whatever, whatever, moving, wired it all in. Actually not the easiest of things to do. Uh, it's not, not necessarily plug and play with that ARB compressor. Not terrible, but may want to have it installed somewhere. Um, I am very well-versed in such things. Um, and then Gallant said, LOL to my Bluetooth tire inflators, but like, let's be real here. Somebody's going to take that and run with it and, there goes my million dollar idea. So, but I would love it. I would absolutely freaking love it to have some, some, I probably get those apexes. The only negative to them is they stick out far and I, it, and, and they don't work with Toyota TPMS sensors. So you got it. There's some like, so then I can't look on my Toyota to see what, you know, like, I don't know. Nothing I've found is just an obvious yes for me. So I haven't figured out the, I'm still just probably most of the time using the end deflator, the valve stem puller at this moment. Um, because although those aren't the answer, they were real cheap. Uh, so they work. So, um, and then Jay said with the, uh, Jay just said with the ARB, um, you need a tank to run air, air tools. And that's actually, that's actually a hundred percent correct. Jay. The reason I didn't go with a tank on my ARB, um, I originally was going to go with a tank. And the only reason I didn't and got an electric impact, um, in electric tools and spent my money there is because the, uh, tank that goes with the ARB or even the Viair, you can get a tank. They have no drains for water, so they'll build up condensation and clog. Um, so that's just something for you guys to know. Normally, when you're running air compressors, they have a valve where you can let water out because you, you will get condensation in your lines, which is actually a straight compressor killer. Um, I have a huge air compressor in my garage. I mean, I use air. I have air tools and ham, air hammers and all kinds of stuff. But the uh, portable ones, if ARB had a means in which to drain the condensation out of that tank, I'd have a tank, but I don't because of that. Cause it's more money and it's gonna, it's, it's, it's a hundred percent going to fail you. It's 100% going to fail. Um, 
there's like no freaking way that that thing doesn't fail you. And I've seen, um, I wasn't spending 700 bucks on a compressor without watching a shit ton of YouTube. So I'll be clear with you there. I saw those things fail on people that have them in a box. I saw them fail on people that have them in their trucks, using them for air lockers, jacking, getting water in the lines, tearing up a bunch of shit. So I don't have a tank, but um, I mean, do what you do at your own discretion. You could probably drill into that tank and make that, but the tank's like 300 bucks. I'm not buying a $300 tank that's supposed to work like an air tank that I got to make work like a fucking air tank. Like that's not, I'm not doing that. Like that's just not going to happen for me. Now Jay did send us, you know, bro horns. So the guys with the lifted trucks and the 14 inch wide wheels, you know, I call them bro trucks. I don't know what you actually call them, but they have big air horn things and they have tanks too. I did not look hard enough at those. Yeah. Train tank, train horn tanks are half the price of that ARB. And I actually didn't look to see if they have any filters on them or ability to, you know, let the air off, in, like open it up so it doesn't get condensation put in it when you're not using it. Um, I didn't look, but that's maybe an option for you guys. Um, I do have a group of guys. Um, that 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 do this a lot i'm just the guy that streams like that doesn't mean i'm the most experienced by any means or have the best ideas i'm just the one you guys are watching um so the air horn thing might work for you i'm freaking no clue but then again we're in the situation where i'm trying to figure out how to work it like everybody makes a thing for the arb and some, sometimes sometimes that's worth it i mean i went from a nissan truck to a toyota truck literally because of the aftermarket support so and that's worth a ton to me like I can find stuff. I have more options. I'm not stuck to options. I don't like things like that. So I like the ease of stuff. Um, oh, Tyson brought up silica packets again. And I talked about silica packets. All right, I'm back. I was on the internet looking up these silica, pack, silica packets for you guys. Like, come on, bear with me for a minute. Take a break. All right, silica packets. I'm going to share them with you here in a second. It, when I when I hop off the stream and I'm not screen sharing, it doesn't let me. Uh, when I hop off the screen, it doesn't let me continue to talk to you guys. So I'm going to pop up these silica packets real quick. So so as long as you guys can see me on the stream, the audio went, I'm still going. You got me. It's not necessarily a technical issue. It's a, I'd rather have the ability to do the screen share and it cuts me out than, than to, uh, than to anything else. So anyways, silica packets. Here are silica packets. Hopefully you guys can see that. I can't necessarily, let me see if I can make it any bigger for you guys. Hey, man, I'm learning new things all the time. Okay, these are silica packets. You guys will see them at beef jerky and stuff. I use those to put in my gear when it gets damp. I talked about it a bunch last week. You, I got a lot of, I don't know what the hell that is. 
that is what the hell that is. Silica packets are like, uh, I don't know what else you call them. I just know them as silica packets. But if you guys look, you can get 30 of them for eight bucks, you know, and they're different grams is how you can tell. Um, yeah, Allie, that's a great point. Like, uh, Venture Arkansas just said his wife bought them for her books. That's a freaking perfect idea, actually, for anything paper and stuff to keep them from getting moisture on them. A lot of people, man, I am a, I'm a lifelong learner, guys, okay? So, like, um, I watch a lot of things about a lot of things. I don't sleep a lot, but I learn a lot. Um, and people that keep historic books, it's actually, like, super-duper important. They're in, like, pressurized, temperature-controlled, moisture-controlled chambers, actually, like in the basements of libraries and stuff. Like, there's specific chambers for such things. So books books and documents are a huge one. I, I would assume the White House is the same with, like, any historical documents. Um, yeah, and Gallant said, I just use rice. Yeah, well, I'm not going to put rice on my rain jacket in the middle of the woods like silica pack like i love you man but that's not i'm not i i do appreciate the humor in that though like oh i dropped my you know i dropped my iphone in the porta potty i'm gonna put it in some rice like it works yeah i guess but that's not what i'm doing in the back country so those are silica packets guys for those of you that were confused last week or those of you that are listening this week and didn't listen last week i use these when uh camping in the rain and throw them in my pack, like throw them in packages with my gear and stuff to try and cut the moisture down. So I'm gonna cut that off. Um, so anyways, yeah. So that's what those are. Um, I, unless you guys got anything else, we cut it out for this week and, and move on to next week. Um, I did cover a lot of stuff. So again, I put my email down here on the bottom, charlie at outskirtsoverland.com. Send me any questions. If anything I said today was helpful, let me know. Like, that's that's really why I'm here. I want to continue to cultivate a community, not an actual one, not one where we are, not one where we're um, we're gatekeeping anyone. I want to be a place for everybody to ask questions, so they don't make you know, so they don't make some of the mistakes I made, spend extra money that I spent, or 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 may or maybe just or or maybe they're buying cheap stuff that's like actual like cheaply made. You know, if you're relying on it to protect your vehicle or protect you or keep you out of the elements, like make sure you're buying good stuff. That doesn't mean expensive stuff always, but like good stuff. And there's a way to disseminate the difference. And I can help you guys look at those things. And again, so um, Tyson just asked, but right before we get off, Tyson just asked, are silica packets okay around food? They're literally made for food. They're literally made for food. They're in beef jerky always. Any dehydrated food, they're in. I keep them out of my mountain house and peak refuel. That anything that's dehydrated has them in it, then sealed, because they keep the moisture out. So they're in. They're good with food. I mean, unless you break them, like unless for some reason you cut it or it's open or it's exposed, you don't want silica on your food. But anyways, so cool. All right, guys, that is week three. We will move on to week four next week. It will be Wednesday again. It's Tuesday today. It'll be Wednesday. Um, this will also be available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever. If you can watch, if you can watch it, or if you can listen to a podcast or download a podcast, you can find me there at Outskirts Overland. I'm also on TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram as Outskirts Overland. Loving the uh, the consistency there. Um, so, anyways, if you guys didn't catch catch that, you can find me at Outskirts Overland. 
I also will message you back if you are somebody that is on my personal page and you have yet to like any of my other pages. I disdain you sometimes, and you should probably like my Outskirts Overland page if you're asking Overland stuff because you're lame if you don't. So anyways, but I will respond to you the same on my personal stuff, but am trying to cut down on my personal stuff. So turn times on the personal stuff is in the shitter. So if you want fast responses or you want to think that I care about you, All right, I'll catch you guys next week, and uh, I'll have some new topics for you. We'll we'll go through them, and I'm gonna continue to talk about. Um, I'm gonna continue to talk about products that are on my radar. So I will every week be kind of looking at stuff. This week I I made it personal to me, but I do have a lot of friends with different rigs, Jeeps, Lexuses. Justin's got a Suburban. I definitely want to cater to Justin. He's been here since the beginning. He's just starting out, and I love it. So. I will start looking at stuff for suburbans and things, and I will bring 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 stuff to you guys that I think might be worth a look for you. So it, it'll just be a segment called things that are on my products on my radar. And uh, I'll see you guys next week and have a great week, guys. And thanks for being here. Later. <laughs>